Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with indie filmmakers. I'm your host, Andrew Froning. Today, I have Alan Sconza Jr. He is a writer, director, composer from Central Jersey. Welcome to the show, Alan. Hey, thanks for having me. Alan has just finished, um, or is very close to finishing, his new short film called Run which features a entirely costumed werewolf character. And I would love to hear about the challenges and, <laughs> you know, was that everything you expected it to be? Um, more or less, I guess you could say. Uh, like, things didn't go as planned, but we made do with what we could do. Right. So what were some of the things that, that came up that were that were tricky or what'd you learn from it? Um, I learned that, uh, well, definitely sometimes actors, uh, we had a hard time getting the contacts in the actor's eyes to the one point where I was trying to put it in their eyes myself. Um, I guess like things are easier to do when you're not on the set. Sure. But, uh, um, but other than that, I, everything went pretty cool. Um, I mean, well, the actor who played the werewolf um, in some scenes, uh, Bryden, he uh, he got whacked a few times by accident. He couldn't, you know, it was hard to for him to stay and but no no major injuries, right. I guess you could say. Yeah. But not by a mafia hitman, by something on <laughs> set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I can see that definitely being. Um a crazy thing to have to direct was was his hearing um impeded in any way or was it difficult yeah. for you to communicate he couldn't hear anything he couldn't see anything we kind of just guided him around and um it it was uh it was different it wasn't the simplest thing trying to pull out an animalistic performance from a guy who can't really see anything but sure um yeah, we managed, uh, you know, a lot of tricks with the camera and uh, just sort of guiding them along. And Hopefully and, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait to see it. And how did you approach um, showing the monster? You know, I've always been a fan of Jaws where sometimes they don't show the monster, but I don't know. Some things work when something just jumps out at you. Yeah, I... I well, I know um, when I was younger, I realized uh, things like Jaws and Alien. Um, it was definitely I felt a lot scarier when you only got little glimpses of the monster, and you don't even really see the monster completely until close to the end of the movie. So we went with that. Um, so it's just a lot of hints here and there, and yeah, we try to hide them as much as we can. Plus, not to mention um, with other werewolf movies i noticed like uh whether it's like silver bullet or um maybe not the howling but like other werewolf movies when they showed the full werewolf i was never really totally satisfied it was kind of like oh it looks like a hair costume so i didn't yeah, wanna, <laughs> yeah so i didn't want to like you know I, I wanted to leave more to the audience's imagination to fill it in than to show it and i think that's the key too because when you don't see something um the audience's mind is always working. It's never completely just, you know, turned off and zonked out, you know. So right. they're trying to fill in pieces of missing information 
and for you to give them a little bit and for them to try to figure it out, it's a lot better than showing a whole werewolf in, like, you know, full light and then they can pick it apart. Right. Okay. Um, So then, you know, along those lines of directing um, to show, to get a specific result. I mean, right now we're talking about a horror movie. Um, what what goes into making that work? Like, what's what's the thought process in shot selection, in um, just the way you approach? Do we see it from a certain character's point of view, or? Mm-hmm. Um, I well, originally, see, I wasn't I wasn't planning on making this until. Uh, um, Robin asked me, uh, he said he was thinking of making a compilation of shorts. And I, it was funny because I had just had a nightmare about a werewolf. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll write a quick, at the time I thought it was like, it'll be like 10 minutes long, which I, but it ended up being 40 minutes long. Cause I, I can't write a short script to save my life. But, <laughs> um, in terms of, how quick he what we wanted to film it was just we just wanted to go and do something i i like sh- did a quick script um in uh in terms of like logistics and stuff i just figured let's just make this movie because we had like zero budget and like zero time and it was difficult to get everyone together so it was just let's go film everywhere like in the middle of the street in the middle of the night just like drive places, hop out of the car and film it. Um, but as far as, as far as writing it, it's, it's, it goes a little deeper. There's a, there's a superficial plot. That's a girl being hunted by a werewolf, but then there's, um, a deeper story of a girl who, um, she's always abused by like her boyfriend or whoever. And, uh, it's about her development of overcoming, um, how to how to stop being the victim, I think, and start taking nice. control. That's a good theme. Yeah, especially yeah. for. I, I imagine there's a lot of running. Yeah. And run. Yeah. Okay, and I, I imagine that low budget guerrilla filmmaker style really carried over to uh, maybe the the frenetics that you wanted. Yeah. I I wanted it originally. The orig- like when I was writing, I wanted it to be a lot of um, Little Red Riding Hood sort of thing. I knew I wanted a like a princess looking main character, and that's why um, Amanda Troisi, who plays Gail, she's wearing like a white dress the whole time, and uh, yeah, it was it's a lot like Wizard of Oz. Like she just goes and meets. The different characters, and um, it, it was. I wanted a typical fairy tale kind of feel to it. Interesting. Um, and in terms of mood, it was because um, I did have an idea. Like I was starting to get an idea of. Um, I knew if I was going to do a horror film, I wanted the music to actually be a character in the film, a lot like Jaws, or um, you know, uh, some you know, or Halloween with the the theme. Like you know, it's it's like its own character and I knew I wanted to do that and I knew I wanted to combine sort of orchestral and like an industrial kind of sound and uh, 
I was like, how can I marry the, the, that fairy tale image with that kind of sound? And then it was more common to be, you know, it was just going to be like a suburban, like a rugged suburban fairy tale. Okay. So I kept kept with that. Um, so I, a lot of the locations we picked, and a lot of like, you know, their their wardrobe and everything, it, it had that um, suburban look, but everything gets tattered. You know, like we made sure her dress was getting dirtier along the way was like everything was just um decomposing as we were filming yeah um so i think one thing that a lot of people are going to be interested in is you've got a full fully costumed werewolf character that you know by the trailer and some of the images i've seen looks pretty pretty damn good um but you said you had no money how does how does that work? How does how does one get that with no money? I think that's something that a lot of people be interested in. Well, I think um, the first most important thing is having a strong script. If you have a strong script, then sometimes you can work with if people. Other people believe in the script. You can get a lot done by just um, other people wanting to be a part of it. I think that's what you have to do at the ground level, um, you know, you got to find like actors and actresses who want like legitimately want to be in that film. And, um, you try to make it as simple on them as possible. Uh, as far as like moving schedules around and stuff. And, um, you got, yeah, when you're, I think you got to keep in mind when you're writing what's practical to your budget Hmm. And what can you do? What can't you do? I mean, it was a lot of, I had a, you know, I, I gave myself a lot of leeway when I decided most of this is going to, we're going to guerrilla style film it everywhere. So I just thought of locations around here and when they close and then go there and just film it. And then when people stop to watch you film it, just ignore them, keep filming. You know, we run into the park into the middle of the night. Like we had a, when we were filming there, the cops did come, but we had we uh, snuck away, and it was really funny because one of the scenes we went to we then we went to a park down the street, and as we were filming, we realized there's an awful lot of cars there. But I found out the next night it was a cop's birthday party in like the one building like we were filming in front of. Oh no! Did it, he get a it, werewolf stripper? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but that was. That was crazy. Yeah, so most of the film, like, yeah, it's us doing filming illegally, like, just going places, trying not to catch the store sign sure. in it. And, yeah. Oh, that's good. I love that, uh, that guerrilla style vibe. It's been a while since, you know, I've done a whole project completely like that. I almost missed it a little. Oh, my chair just slid down, so that's a good time to break. <laughs> All right, Alan, you are a writer, director, but not just of words and pictures. Um, you also write and score your own music. Mm-hmm, yeah. Tell us, um, how is that different? Because I know a lot of people that are super visually inclined um, sometimes look for other people to fill in the audio, myself included. I'm, you know, I can, I can play a little music, but... I sort of find visuals as my stronger suit. Do you feel you're better in one than the other, or are you just a, a wunderkind? I, I think it, with me, it comes all together at once. Um, it really, From the conception of the idea of the film, 
I'll get images in my head and um, pretty much the music with it. I don't know. Okay. So you get like an audio and visual um, uh, picture. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time when in pre-production, it's, I'm not trying to think of things. It's more I'm writing down what I already see going on in my head, like more of like a journal sort of journalist standpoint. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we were. I was talking with another filmmaker, uh, Christopher Rangio, and we talked about the importance of taking notes when those ideas strike. So mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of have to. Um, and is that the same process for music? Do you just hear something? How do you approach that? Well, I think early in the conception of everything, you get a sense of whether this project is going to be like more cerebral or more visceral, and then from that that's sort of like the direction and what everything's going to go like um like uh, it, as far as like when i was working on the have nots that was more of a cerebral type feel to it so when i approached it with the music it was sort of like well like a lot of the percussion was done on um a dumpster you know to make more of a like a, a, a like to get in the element with run it's a lot of um you know that there there is like there's a um there's a a choir and that's they're doing all the elements of gale and then there's this uh this crazy uh, synth sound i made it was pretty distorted and that's the wolf and um i have other like synths as the other people like so it's a little cerebral in that part where like i planned out all these weird little things probably no one else will pick up on but as far as like the mood of the music, it's definitely like the whole movie's more visceral where it's just I'm I'm just like turning the dial up on everything is like, oh here comes the woof like and the distortion goes up or you know, um Gail's falling apart in this scene so I just kind of you know, let it let it go like that. Um Oh that's I, that's cool. I I I just love hearing you talking about that because <laughs> it, it sounds like a, a lot of the discussions I have with um, my sound guy, um, and you know we talk about motifs and different sounds for different characters, and we always think, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to pick up on it. Yeah, you know, even if it's not a a cerebral picking up on it, it's a, it's a visceral picking up on it, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And use um, a variety of different instruments. Um, what are you proficient on something and do you write all on say a keyboard first and what's your process well i think as far as musically i would either say i folk piano and guitar are pretty much the same hmm. um when i'm writing um for uh for run when i was writing it it was definitely piano there is some guitar in it but it's not really recognizable as a guitar from a lot of it um most of the the heavy it's i would say it's like 80 to 90 percent just um different synths uh i write it all on i use logic on the mac okay um yeah just they, they tinker with a lot of sounds i like to make up my own sounds because i don't know I just uh I don't. I probably don't have to, but it just doesn't feel right unless I do. Yeah, it adds something. Um, I had um, written something on guitar, and it wasn't like 
it was a noise you know it, it was just something mm. that was kind of cool and and distorted and i recorded it for uh, my film cog and gear and i sent mm. it over to the guy um who was doing my audio and i'm like just see if you can incorporate this somehow and it, it made for a really cool effect you know i'm really mm. happy with how that turned out so definitely um I'm definitely on board with you there. It's good to create yeah. in all aspects. And my chair slipped. I'm so short now. I am tall. <laughs> I am tall again. Regular, you know, size me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's excellent, man. Um, anything else you want to talk about uh, music-wise or contributing to the soundscape? Beyond music? Sound effects? Whatever. Um... And well, I mean, it might be funny to know some of the werewolf sounds are are actually me sitting here, <laughs> which is might be funny to keep in mind when you're watching. Some of the growls, it's it's uh, I couldn't get find anything that I wanted right, so I was messed around with the microphone and some effects for a while. Um, other than that, I. Uh, I don't think so. On the soundtrack, it's listed as uh, soundtrack by the Green Eyed Puppets, but that's like um, my band. So, okay. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you guys play? Um, it's always been like industrial kind of stuff, uh, like industrial rock. Lends itself to music the way um, things have kind of been going. I've been noticing everything is a little more bassy, a little mm -hmm. more, you know... Well, Trent Reznor is doing a lot of pushing, so <laughs> I think that kind of contributes to it. But a lot, I notice a lot of the melody has been moving more towards the bass spectrum. Mm hmm Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't, I don't really listen to any contemporary music. Like I kind of back in like I don't know the, the late '90s, I kind of hit a roof with music. I don't even, I lost track of anything new since then, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's tough to keep up. <laughs> um yeah. any any soundtracks to movies or tv shows recently that you've heard that have inspired you or you thought that's a cool sound um well the run soundtracks of course like a very um carpenter influenced um i think uh, i i did like a lot like the soundtrack to like it follows yeah that was good that yeah, uh, the Watchmen soundtrack I think was you know it was great. The uh, um, are we talking about the HBO series or the movie? Yeah, the series. Oh my god! Yeah, love it. So cool. Yeah, it was good. A lot of Moog sounds in there, just weird, weird stuff. Yeah. A lot of the bass melody that I was talking about. I think I was probably thinking of that. <laughs> yeah. Really cool stuff. I, I kind of like the way it's going. It's different, but the same. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, so you know we talked a lot about um, your composing abilities and also your writing and directing abilities. How um, how do those two? How do you shoot images and write images for the audio? Is there a spe special process? Or is it something conscious? Okay, well, I think um, when. I when I go to approach writing the script, I 
it's broken down into three acts, and then the acts are broken down into sequences and scenes and beats and everything. And I, I get down, I'm pretty, um, what's the word? I, I, I focus a lot. Like, I break it down to, I write down every minute now of oh, what wow. I'm going to do. And like I beyond know, scenes, just minutes. Yeah. Wow. Um, and... Uh, like uh now it's it's um and if i have them into a rhythm of like four minutes four minutes four minutes four minutes and i kind of have it you know like how do i want the feeling to be okay do i want to like with run i want to start out i want to start out fast a little bit confusing and then um get crazy and calm down a lot like you know um an orchestra i guess and then so when I have the story all mapped out like that, then it, it's kind of like it almost transitions perfectly into what the music's going to be. Then it's it's just um, like you know like you were, like we can introduce like the motif like hint at it in the beginning, and then we know that you know we're building up to this this part right here that's supposed to be a draw dropper like five minutes. Like, that's where you can, like, you know, hit it and then have it return, like, later, or however you want to do it. But, um, yeah, so long story short, I map out, when the this, this script's mapped out, um, I don't know, I could, I, I don't know, it's it, it, it just, it, you can see it as a score already. Okay. If that makes sense. Right, you're breaking it down, so, you know, instead of just saying, um, you know, story-wise this is happening you can kind of hear it as well yeah because the music i think is supposed to tell the story too sure and um yeah so i I, you know you don't i guess you don't always want to parallel it you know maybe you can even have it go off sometimes because the music's supposed to ask a question and then answer itself and then you can i mean excuse me i think sometimes the music can act like its own subtext so you can have the actors on the screen showing and not telling, and you can have the music also like um, expand on an idea. Like if if someone's having like an intense thought, then you can you know have them just give a look, and you can have the music and almost like the audience kind of knows what's going on with the music because the music's telling them. It's a nice way to get a little more internal. And for the audience to connect with the character versus, you know, having some weird exposition that a character wouldn't normally say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of music, but for me, it's usually a little more of an afterthought um, in most cases. You know, sometimes I'll have a sequence planned, you know, okay, the Rocky montage, you know, there's going to be music over this. Um, but for the most part, I find it's kind of a cool thing to discover later. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a different way of working. Um, yeah. But it always contributes to the story, and sometimes I always like to let everything have its like shining moment. You know, not like mm-hmm. specifically this is this has to happen here. But if there's a spot, sometimes where it just feels like, oh man, we need a lot of music here because this is intense. Sometimes if you drop that out entirely, you play it like over quiet Mm -hmm. it 
can almost have a more unnerving effect. Do you ever I'm, kind of mix different things along those lines or find happy accidents? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, like it is an accident. Sometimes, a lot of times when I'm going over a scene, whether I'm in writing or post, or I look at it and then I'm like, how can I make this better? And then when it comes to that point, it's almost like, like, let me do opposite of what I'm doing. Was there anything over here that I should have did? So just to try every everything sometimes. Are you familiar with... Um, uh, Brian Eno has a website, and it's pretty much like cards, and one of them is try the opposite. <laughs> it's no, it's yeah. just like, you know, when you're creative and you're stuck, and I'm sliding down, so I'm kind of stuck being short right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's for creatives. Like when you're stuck, it's, it's like a card and, you know, try the opposite is one that I've pulled and I've tried it. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it's a really cool way to get your mind thinking in di- a different direction. That is a, yeah, no, that's a good one. One of the ones I like too, I learned in school was, uh, when you, when you're writing for a character and you have like a writer's block is to make them do something human. Like Hmm. they have to eat, they have to go to the bathroom. So I think it's funny what, if you watch something I've written, sometimes a character goes off and does this thing. And it might, it's probably an indication that I I had some sort of writer's block and that that's where, (laughs) but but you leave it in and and it works for the story. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um. So you're writing with that in mind, and when it comes to directing, um, I know a lot of times, sometimes if I want like a moment, and I know it's I'm gonna portray it as a moment, um, mm-hmm. like you know of silence or a look. Sometimes it'll be a little difficult for me to communicate that with the actor. Um, mm. beforehand yeah um, now with music that's a whole nother element to that like how, how do you how do you direct with these musical cues in mind well there was one there's one thought that comes to my mind we were there, we were filming a scene and um it was uh like a close-up shot of amanda and she's a great actress and she's very intuitive like you tell her what to do and she does it but there was there was something where i think at first I couldn't initially communicate how I wanted it done. And I, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it in my head. Like I, I, I have seen the movie now in my head, like a million times. Mm-hmm. And I know this part and I'm trying to reverse engineer it and walk her through it. And I remember, um, I just needed her to look like she, she was trying to recall a memory, but couldn't. And when we were filming, like, I, I remember like telling her like, just, look like like you're totally i don't know like i forget how i put it but like searching around your head for something and then i kept directing her like that as to like she's looking for something and then i mean i ended up having her doing something completely else like looking for her keys or something like that but it ended up like it looked like she was trying to recall that and then i knew in my head this was a moment where it's a few seconds of a long close-up and the music and everything so like um yeah sometimes you got to tell them to do something like that looks like what you want and that'll be, you know, come across as what you want, but you can tell them to do something, you know, that they might get better. That's interesting. Like a physical action, you know, get your keys, 
um, in place of, you know, look like this or I, I like that. That's a neat little tip. I might have to use that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I know um, mm. whenever something doesn't quite work, I will usually direct an actor to. I'll kind of set the stage for him, like in the instance of if they had to remember something, you know, I might just say, all right, we're going to, we're going to play this, but you know, what was the first thing I said to you when we first met and I'll, I'll run the camera and like, you know, they're, they're not completely in character, but they're trying to figure it out. And yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes you can get gold like that. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a very obscure thing that as a director, you're asking a human being to portray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, there, there's some scenes that are in the movie that it was just us getting ready to film the scene. And, like, there's one scene where Amanda's sitting on the sink. And, yeah, it's just, like, um, we I, I just got a shot of her sitting there waiting for us. And she had this, like, look on, like, come on. Mm, yeah, a little reality. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's excellent. Well, thanks so much, Alan. Um, Alan, do you have... Uh, production company name or someplace where we can see your work sure i uh, the production company is ultra entertainment media productions um you could check that on the facebook you could just google it or uh whatever i think we have a website that's not up yet but um as far as looking at stuff i already have you can just look me up on youtube i got stuff on there for right now okay um, um search alan sconza jr yeah okay Cool, and I'll put links to those in the description. Thanks a lot, Alan. Really appreciate your time. It was a great chat. All right, thank you. Thank you. It was great.